0: Hey pickleballers, and welcome to another episode of the Pickle Bros podcast. As always, thank you for your likes, comments, and messages. And uh, use code Pickle Bros at checkout with Carbon for ten percent off. Today's topic is is Duper Universal. Uh, now we have heard feedback from from many of our listeners, and not everyone's totally enraptured by, by Duper, uh, but we are. So as last with last week with the origin story. You have our permission to check out, use the timestamps to uh, skip through to the uh, parts that you actually want to listen to. But we have some more qualms with Duper and some suggestions for them to improve. We actually like them. We just want them to do, uh, be doing a better job. Um, and to kind of gather some data uh, uh, and, and foster our opinions, Jesse and I ran a Duper experiment called Battle of the Sexes, which we will get into later. Uh, but but before we get into all that, uh, as you will see, listeners may not be able to pick up on it quite yet, but but our uh, viewers on YouTube will. We are down a man. Uh, our our car here is running on three wheels, uh, as announced last week. Stolp uh, had surgery, donating uh, his liver to his brother, who is suffering from alpha trypsum one. I believe I got that right. Um, and we just have so much love, the appreciation uh, for him, the outpouring of love for him from you guys. Uh, it's meant a lot. And he actually had something to say about it.
1: Hello, everybody. Pickle Pro Stolp checking in post-surgery from a liver transplant. Just wanted to say thank you so much for all your kind words, comments, um, emails, texts, calls, the love and support is so appreciated by me and my family during this time i just wanted to come on here quick and let everyone know that the surgery was textbook meaning there was nothing uh no complications it went it went as smoothly as it could both myself and my brother are recovering well i have uh, been discharged from the hospital for about three days my brother should be getting out today as they are tweaking his anti-rejection medicines to make sure that he's he's good to go But um, he is feeling so much better, Uh, new life, new energy. It's so great to see him like that. And I am healing and recovering, albeit with some pain, but to be expected, but check this out. They gave me this live or this real 3D printed version of my liver and what they did, and they shared this with me is they took the left side of that, uh, the left lobe and took out my brother's liver and put the left lobe of mine into into him and it will regrow to full strength within eight to ten weeks and mine will regrow back to full strength in eight to ten weeks so i just wanted to come out here and say everything went so well um i am in recovery and we'll be out for a couple of weeks from the podcast but wanted to share this video and let you all know that um, i'm doing well and then hey we got this this great new shirt to to uh, recycle life so out there If you are not yet an organ donor, I would highly encourage you to sign up on DonateLife.net to become an organ donor. But thanks so much again for all your thoughts, prayers, well wishes. Keep them coming as we recover, and I'll see you all soon.
0: Absolutely phenomenal. Tim, give me your initial reactions to to seeing that.
2: Um, So we were talking yesterday on uh, Marco Polo, and um, he actually made a big announcement to us that he's coming home today. Is that right? Yeah. Or, or tomorrow? Yeah, uh, today. And, um, you know, we all knew that he would give a superhuman effort in his recovery phase. But even that took me by surprise. I, I mean, I, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. I mean, he was supposed to be in Utah recovering for about how long? Like a month or something? Like five, up to five weeks. <laughs> five weeks. I, I mean, just incredible. I mean... We should have saw it coming because took us eight days, eight days and he's out. Oh my gosh. It's incredible. And of course he kept this updated from day one and um, we were all surprised that, that uh, he was on there talking to us the day after the surgery, I think. And um, you know, just in super high spirits with an unbreakable positive attitude. Um, It shouldn't have surprised any of us because that's exactly who Stolp is, but man, how, how great is that to see him. Yeah, you know, just talking like that, just, just, uh, man, he's the best. It, he's
0: just incredible. Jesse, quick thoughts on, on Stolp real quick for everybody. Uh,
3: he is a bona fide hero and so is the surgeon. I mean, think about the, the miracle of modern medicine that they're able to t- to take a chunk of his liver and put it into his brother. And then it regenerates in both. I mean, it's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, it really is. And he is a hero, and I also think he's
0: a superhero. He had the fastest discharge. Uh, this hospital does, I believe. He told me six to ten surgeries a year um, of this, and and in all their history, he's the fastest discharge uh, that they've ever had at this particular facility. And then he goes out. This is the fastest discharge. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna make the claim in in the world of <laughs> coming home eight days when you're supposed to be gone for five weeks. Um, the dude is an absolute unit. He's a machine. And I have this theory. He's going to come back as a 5-0. He's going to come back as a better pickleball player, having not played for three months uh, because of this. He absolutely wonderful. We love the guy and are so impressed. Um, but enough 100%. about him. Uh, let's move on to getting our duper check done really quickly, Jesse. We had some action and some movement with everyone's scores this week.
3: Right. So um mine went from 449 to 455, 5, based largely on the battle of the sexes, which we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. Uh Ian, yours went from 449 to 454. 4. Um you had a lot of a lot of games. And then Tim got a nice boost from 471 to 479. Congratulations, Tim. That's awesome. Knocking on the door, Tim.
2: Thanks. Well, uh, you know what else, guys, I'm really excited about? I'm a 5.0 singles player now.
0: Did you break five?
2: I did. I'm a 5.02. I'm really excited about that.
0: And by the way, that's that's legit. Like, I don't know if I'm willing to say you're a better singles player than you are a doubles player, but it's at least worth having a conversation. You're just wicked good at singles with your tennis background. I'm most impressed with how you can read body language. Like, I think you and I are probably equal in terms of speed and athleticism, you know, or at least really close. But your ability to just pre-read where I'm going to put the ball, it's like it, it's the most disheartening thing playing you.
2: Oh, yeah. It's a, that's 100% tennis right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, thanks.
0: However, something of an int- we wanted to note, we we did manage to put together uh, on Thursday morning our first ever 12-man, four five-plus uh, group and we're not going to give a full recap on well i played with this guy and then we went with this guy and this guy but i do want to share some of our initial thoughts about what it's like kind of play uh duper competitive at 5 a.m with 12 world beaters uh jumping between different players your mentality how to stay positive so jesse i'm gonna throw it over to you first and then tim wants you to kind of talk about it as well just kind of give some people advice when they're in these environments, what it's like navigating a continually moving scenario.
3: Right. So I didn't actually participate in that yesterday, but, um, but I know what it's like, cause I've done eight person. And I think it's really cool. Um, because like, okay, so Tim and I participated in PPA Denver, uh, what, seven, 10 days ago. And, uh, those scores, at least mine have not been entered yet. And, uh, for duper whereas this impromptu session that you guys organized within a few hours the duper scores were updated immediately which is pretty cool
0: yeah we sat around afterwards actually all of it like nine of us sat around and i was like and, and we input them by round by round so i was like M- mike lee go do that kenny had this one and jared had this one in, jared, add this one in. Uh, like tim had to had to get to work real quick so he didn't get to see that fiasco um, but Tim, give me, give me your thoughts on the dynamic of that entire morning.
2: You guys, I had such a good time. I thought it was, I thought it was great. I thought it was super competitive. Um, now environments like that can turn some people off because it is, it, I mean, the emphasis in those environments tends to not be, let's have a good time. Let's let's fun and, and be all smiles. I, I mean, it was, it was go, go, go. Mm-hmm. It was serious it was business. Um, we knew that dupers were on the line. Um, and there were guys there that, that we just don't play with very often. So that was exciting. Like you knew you were going to be mixing in with a whole bunch of different people and different talents, um, which brought a lot of, you know, uncertainty. You didn't know what to expect with some of those matchups or how it would go. It, It was hard to control that environment, which is, which is nerve wracking. Um, but we played like seven or eight rounds of this, yep. where each each played two eleven eleven and then switched, and all the scores were entered into Duper. Um, it got heated at at times on some courts. Even um, between you and me, we had a little exchange over at Ernie. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, what do we do? This is this is kind of like, why, why why am I being so mean? But it was it was because it was just, I don't know. This stuff means a lot to us. But, um, it was funny at the end of the day. So I was talking to our buddy, Mike, and he's just the consummate, um, aura of positivity. That's what he exudes. And, um, and he wasn't breaking even in that kind of environment. I mean, he was keeping it, he was keeping it light. He was keeping it, uh, friendly. Such a good example for all of us knuckleheads who only care about, you know, win, 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 ah, um, and I was I was having a really cool conversation with him about just you know how lucky we how lucky we are to be able to do things like this, and just how fun it is, and how important it is to keep that perspective. Um, but it was funny at the very end of it. I'll just say this: you, you mentioned I wasn't able to stick around and and uh, help with the score inputting because I had to go. I pushed it at, at the very end because I saw an opportunity. I saw how things were lining up. I'm like, okay if I stay for one more game, I get to play with Bryce against Louie and Mike. And I think we have a good chance there <laughs> and it was worth it. It was totally worth it. And that may have, um, that may have been the match that uh, really boosted my duper there. So it was just, it's just funny how you like, you accept that you might be late for something uh, because of that extra match that might put you over. <laughs> and that's kind of what I did. And I wasn't late by the way, so it all paid off, but the entire day was, I thought it was, I thought it was awesome. And like Jesse said, it's so cool that we can just arrange something like this that is so consequential. I mean, it took us no time to find 12 people. And a lot of those guys were not members of Lifetime. Um, Ali is awesome for letting them um, show up and, and play in an environment like that, in a system like that. Um, it came together so quick.
0: Louis sent that text out Wednesday night and before, uh, or, or like Wednesday midday, and before we went to bed, we had everything organized, set, done, like duper sheets printed out like we were ready.
2: Right. So initially he was looking for four people uh, because there was a kid that was uh, Justin wanted to play and he wanted to play with Louie and just to force him. And then I chimed in as the fifth guy. I'm like, well, I'll play if we can get a few more. And that ballooned up to 12 as soon as as soon as we started sending hex uh, messages out. We had twelve people in like less than an hour. It was so. It, I mean, this is awesome. It yeah. comes together that fast.
0: Yeah, and that was Jesse wasn't there. Stolp wasn't there. We could have had a, a handful of other guys, uh, you know, in our level who could have been. We could have pulled sixteen together um, so easily. Uh, but just just for our our listeners and our viewers, we highly encourage whether you duper uh, duper rank these or not, or, or duper input them. I should say try and put together special groups, see people you don't see all the time. We had two left-handers in this group, which was actually much more challenging for me than I expected because I, I play as, as beta. Now there, it's, there's been some comments that people are a little surprised I'm classifying myself as that and I am trying to, to work myself into a strong hybrid. But, but then trying to play beta from the left side with the left, it was just really weird, but it was a good challenge. I'm not sure that the results ended up quite how I wanted in those matches. Um, but those challenges, those different looks, that that's that's how you get better. Playing the same guys over and over again in the same ecosystem, it's good to develop particular skills, but it's not it, – you can stagnate. So so mixing up is very important. Um, but, Jesse, you mentioned uh, the PPA tourney that you and Tim did. You didn't do it together, but you both went to the event – um, and this was PPA Denver that happened last week. Can you guys just give a quick little recaps on your performances and, and how it all went?
3: Yeah, sure. So um, I've signed up with Mike Lee to play 50 plus 4.5. And we were the only ones in our bracket. So they decided to lump us together with the 5-0s, which was pretty daunting. But um, there were a total of four teams in the combined four five five zero bracket. And we played second. We went 2-1. Uh, and one. And we came very close to winning that game that we lost so i was extremely proud of that and uh, we had a great time playing i thought it was a well-run tournament um and then in mixed uh my wife and i we played uh 4-0 and we went two and two uh and we came again very close uh in that final game if we had won we would have gone to the bronze medal match so uh, good time. There was a long wait uh, between uh, in mixed doubles between our first match and our second match. It was over two hours. That would be my only criticism of the whole experience. But otherwise, it was great. I
0: never understand why logistically why those things have to happen. Like PPA was massive, so I'm I'm not like I'm giving them a pass. Like I don't know what happened, but that's such a big gap it throws me off. Tim, you also had a really cool experience there. Um, getting on, you, you played where the where the pros play, right, man?
2: Um, I I mean it wasn't <laughs> it felt like I was playing where the pros were playing because we showed up. Um so my partner was Eli. We actually stopped halfway up there in Castle Rock and, and got some practice in and, and this was dangerous because this was the same day as the Taylor Swift concert and it was it was it it wasn't the easiest thing driving into Denver. Um but we're able to uh, uh check in and we got right onto the court because it was it was right up against our time and it was it was kind of nerve-wracking even though we had stopped and had practice and and felt pretty good it felt like we were on stadium court because there were so many people right there um watching us and we're like you know just kind of looking over like jeez.
0: and the courts they had you guys on were kind of those depressed yeah with like the stands on the side like really cool
2: It's like a stadium court. Yeah, for sure. It it was, it it was, it was definitely cool. I was loving the experience, but I was a little bit nervous uh, for sure. And we didn't play terrifically in that first match, but we won. And um, we went two and two on the day, lost in the bronze medal round. Um, Our second round match was, was heartbreaking, man. I was thinking about that all day. And um, I don't know if we played our best, but the experience was, was second to none. Um, My previous tournament experience for a tournament that size. We were waiting around all day. You had no idea when you were going to play. There weren't that many food options. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't super positive, but this one, it just felt like we had no time between matches, which I'm fine with. I'd rather just go, go, go. And that's really how it went. We just kept on playing very little stoppage uh, between, between matches. And um, what was really cool is uh, I was looking for our friend, Louie. I'm like, Maybe I seen Louie asking our buddy, Nick, he's like, Oh yeah. He's over there watching the pros. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's something we can do while we're here <laughs> because, because you're just rubbing shoulders with the pros. And there was a moment, it was really cool. Uh, you know, like, uh, sometimes when you're walking down a hall or something and you see someone coming, it's just you and them. You're like, okay, at what point do I say? Hi. Is it like, <laughs> we're like 10 feet away or a little bit closer or, or not at all. Well, I had a moment like that with Annalie waters, <laughs> It's just like, oh, this is awesome. I mean, you know, not awesome that it would be awkward with you and a pro, but awesome that you get to walk by a pro. And um, I saw lots of pros there. Um, Annalie Waters was on a practice court as I was watching my friend play uh, doubles. Um, it was it was a fantastic experience. I, I really, really enjoyed it. And our buddy Louie took home the gold in 5.0. So, so congrats to him and so Bryce. Good.
0: So good. He and Bryce. It was Bryce's first tournament ever. Um, Bryce Jeez. played 5-0, 5-0 singles or pro singles in 50-plus. He had a decent showing, but did, I don't think he podiumed. Um And then his first doubles tournament, 5-0, he and Louis took gold. I was very impressed um, with their performance. Uh, yeah, really proud of them there. Guys, uh, so excellent tournament at the PPA. Um, And now we're going to move on to What's Your Beef? And I just got to admit, like, it doesn't feel right. Without Stolp, he brings so much energy. Um, he he's the best beaver out there.
2: We could um, just name this segment after Stolp. Just name it after
0: Stolp. <laughs> what what's your Stolp? That's what we'll call it. <laughs> <laughs> um But we're gonna we're gonna try and do our best because it is a good segment, and I do have a beef. Um, and and my beef is when you're in the middle of a high level, duper ranked league match, and the courts around you don't know it and are interfering. And so we had this where Louie and I were playing the league against Justin and Craig, excellent players. We won both games, but they were tight games, very competitive. And on the court next to us, the guy was setting up that little, you know, two, three foot ball fence. Cause he was drilling with the machine and he was like stepping on our court as he was navigating the fence while we were playing. And then he had the machine going and then he was running behind the back where we are, you know, and it was like, what can he do? Like we don't have actual fences, right? All the courts are stacked up next to each other. Um, It is a tight space, but I actually ended up after one rally, I actually put my paddle down and helped him finish setting up because he was so distracting to us. I was like, I just need to get this guy set up so that we can actually focus on what we're doing. So he took out one side where you couldn't do ATPs and, and it's not really even his fault, but it was really frustrating that in this high competitive match that we really wanted to win, we had this weird X factor thing, just interfere with us. So, so, so that's my beef kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes when you're on the pickleball courts, not everyone is, is in the exact same mindset as you on any given day.
2: Gotta deal with those distractions, though, right? And that's that's what you guys always tell me. You gotta deal with the distractions. You gotta man up. What's up? I had that thought.
0: I said, I said, what would what would Tim say? What would Tim say? And then I did the opposite (laughs) of that, Um, Jesse. I've been on the
3: other foot. I played in a PPA Austin last year, and I was playing three five, and we were next to some some very high ranked pros, and you know our ball would go over there and interfere with their game. I felt so bad. Oh man, that's 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 true.
0: (laughs) Jesse,
3: what's what's your beef? My beef is uh, with a Reddit user named 003E003. And he wrote, could you please explain how playing and reporting scores within a tight cohort can artificially inflate duper? I have heard of groups who regularly play against each other and report scores, and their duper does appear much higher than my eye test indicates. There is a new podcast called Pickle Bros with four hosts who appear to do this. So uh, 003E003 is saying that uh, our dupers are much higher than they should be. Uh, I must admit I was flattered to see a reference to the Pickle Bros on this Reddit thread, but I don't think our dupers are higher than they should be. In fact, uh, you might even argue the opposite. Um, Tim held his own just fine in a a major tournament at 5-0. I meddled at at 4-5 twice this summer, well, 4 5, five oh, in one case, and Ian, uh, you know, you're you, you, you meddled at 4-5 and, and you're way ahead of me at this point. So uh, I don't think that's true, but, but it doesn't even make sense, right? Because if you play in a tight cohort with each other, it's a zero-sum game. There's no way all four of you can keep going up. So it's not even, it doesn't, the argument doesn't make sense. But I, but you do see this a lot um, online on YouTube, where people will watch a game and they'll say, you know, three five at best, right? They're oh, always see that just,
2: all this, the time, right?
3: Yeah. And I think it's just this. I guess it's a human tendency to sort of downplay uh, what you see on a video and to assume that, well, I wouldn't have made that error, you know. But I think we, you know, we all have not all of us, but many people have that tendency. So that's my beef.
0: I actually will say I've fallen victim to that when it comes to us. I I watch our video recaps, you know, we film our games and I'm like, that wasn't hard. Why did I miss that shot? Or, or, or why am I not, why am I hitting it so slow? Or like, it it just, it feels different in real time It's because the camera is deceiving with, with placement, with speed, with spin, um, with the options that are actually available to the player opposite you at that time. And you have to, you have to hedge all your bets instead of, you know, 2020 hindsight you're like oh obviously he's going here right so, so right it's very yeah. deceiving
3: yeah i think like if you watch deckel Barr serve on a video you might say oh well you know that's just an okay serve but if you ever watch it in real life or even from a camera from the the angle of the player receiving that ball it's, it's clear that it's a rocket
2: yeah 100% absolutely i'm always um, impressed when i watch his play I don't know. (laughs) I always think it it looks good. I'm like, wow, man, we're good. Oh, man. (laughs) Tim, what's your beef? All right. So, we mentioned the PPA. When you show up for a tournament like that, you're always concerned about, okay, I got to hit my drops well. I got to return well. I got to serve well. All these things that you think of when you're going into it. Guys, why can't we just let the ball go when it's going out? Why can't we just – Leave it, especially when your partner says out. Um, this is that was seriously the number one thing that I dealt with at the tournament um, at the five zero level. Like we give a, we give ourselves so much credit that oh I'm never gonna I'm not gonna make that stupid mistake. I can't tell you how often I made that mistake that day over the course of four matches, and I I was feeling horrible for my partner having to watch this continually, even as he was shouting out out and I would, I would still go for it. And at least you can like hit a good shot off of that out ball. But the very last point that we played uh, the very last point, the way that we got sent home was because I hit a ball. um, I took my, I made contact with the ball. I didn't even hit it over the net or even do anything like useful with it as it was going 10 feet out. Um, So leaves, leaves, we don't pay attention to them. We don't practice. I don't know how you practice them. I guess just have someone someone across the net and just drill a bunch of out balls and just just sit there with your hands behind your back. Is that a good way to (laughs) practice them? (laughs) I don't don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that would duplicate the tournament experience. Uh, But seriously, it was so aggravating. And the only thing that made me feel... I can hold my head up high is that Eli missed a bunch of, uh, of smashes. So I felt, I felt like we were a little bit even in that regard, but I couldn't say anything because of the, just all the leaves that I missed just, Oh my gosh, you guys, it was, it was weighing on me all day. It still is. I can't believe what a stupid mistake that is. And it drives me crazy.
0: Well, you guys have heard me say this so many times when it comes to hitting an obvious out ball is, you no, I say it, we're dogs and we see a ball. It can't help but swing at it. Yeah. But Tim, I think you're, you are perhaps not, you know, more guilty of it than most, but I think you have a harder time with it than most. And here's why. It's actually a compliment. You, your swing strokes, you you hone in on the ball so much. And, and I take short jabby swings, right? Like you get full swings to hit things back. You're so cued in on the ball flight all the time that I think when you're at a high level tournament or you're super focused in, it's like, you're just tracking the ball so well, so competitively that you're just like, you forget all the other options that are available to you. It's just like, you know exactly where the ball is, you know where it's going and you're able to track it midair and just, and take it out. So, um, I, I, I see this with you a lot just cause you're so good at hitting everything. I'll hit stuff at you that I'm like, how on earth, did you t- take a full swing at that? It w- we were too close. I was too disguised. Right. And so, but when you're on, on, you know, championship court or the big stage, I can see why that environment is just like, you're like, you're like, I'm going to hit everything. It's tournament mode. You know, every ball is mine. And, and you just don't leave any, any bandwidth for uh, you know, the other, <laughs> the other option, which is
2: out. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're yeah. right. It's, it's hard. It really you know, is.
3: we we've done, we've all done ATPs and, you know, Ernies and all these fancy shots. Nothing is better than a good leave. That is the most satisfying. You're,
2: you're so right. You're yep. so right.
3: Yep,
0: absolutely. Oh,
2: all
3: right, guys. So
0: it's it's time for the big big the curtains being withdrawn. Is duper uh universal? Um now now I want to offer some quantifiers. Um we we don't think duper is universal. As it claims, right? We don't think the U in Duper is accurate, um, and we hypothesized that there are scenarios where where men and women, uh, a fifty plus and a nineteen plus uh, geography, can all weigh in on is a 5-0 actually equal to another five <clears> zero? <throat> excuse me, another five zero um, across whatever cobbled scenarios. Um, you want to put together. So so Jesse, would you please elaborate on the battle of the sexes experiment that we ran to kind of get some data and, and test our hypothesis here?
3: Right. And and remember that that Duper, the D is for dynamic, which they've given up now. So if you don't play, your score won't change. So the D no longer exists and the U, we will argue uh, is also not valid. So that sort of just leaves you with the PR player, <laughs> the player rating. just call it per, my per. Um, but we, we, or we, we set out to we invited about a half dozen of the top, uh, you know, these are all top 10 players roughly in Colorado Spring, female players. And they're all in the four five ish range. And uh, two people, uh, two women, uh, immediately said that they would like to participate in a match, a demonstration match, basically, between me, them, and me and Ian. And, you know, if it's universal, then a 4-5 is a 4-5, and it should be very competitive. So we played uh, five games, best of five, 2-11, win by two. And uh, the, the two ladies we played against, one is is named Lisa, the other is Ellen, and um, they were 4-4, 4-5. Four, four, I think Ellen had the... At the, at, the, at the time Ellen had the highest duper of any of us and they're both good players. And Very we good. took it, we took it seriously. Like we tried our hardest, at least I tried my hardest and um, we played a uh, uh, best of five and we won, I think it was 11, zero, 11, six, 11, four, four. Yeah. So we, it, it was pretty decisive. Yeah.
0: And, and, and I also played my absolute hardest. Like they're great players they know what they're doing. In fact, I think I think both of them probably have a higher, especially Lisa has a higher pickleball IQ than me. She's been playing so much longer than me. She runs tournaments. Like like she knows the game. Um, so I I went all out, and you know, part of me was like, I am not going to lose to these ladies, and also I want to be respectful. Like they're good players. Like they're going to get my best. So, um, you know, despite what, whatever the score was, that was our maximum effort. T- Tim, did you have something to say? Yeah, just
2: um, I'm curious to hear what the game style was like. Uh, mm. What kinds of tactics did you guys employ? What kind of tactics did they try on their end? Was it more of a, a of a drive and bang kind of a thing? Um, were there drops that were attempted? I'm just curious how this went because I'm – Jesse, give your thoughts pretty on pretty that. fascinating that's a great, experiment. That's a we, great
3: question. We went with a, what's called the drop and squeeze. So I would do a drop, and then Ian would run up – And Ian is, is very big. He's very big uh, in the middle and intimidating and imposing. And even if he didn't touch the ball, just his mere presence there, I think was rattling to them. So if it was a good drop, they might pop it up or they might, you know, hit it into the net. And uh, in an attempt to get around Ian, they might hit it wide. So that was the strategy we went with and it worked really well in that first game. They did adjust a bit, but I think, I think we pretty much stuck with that. Whereas um, uh, Lisa has a very nice third shot um, drop drive. Mm -hmm. And and that was difficult to deal with. Mm -hmm. And then Ellen just speeds up everything. And her, her, we got into a couple of knife fights where she got the better of me. She definitely can hold her own with me in a knife fight, but when she's dealing with like having to reset the ball or a slower game, I think it's a bit more challenging for her. Yeah. Oddly enough.
0: Uh, well, Jesse's correct about the drop and squeeze. I think how, like let's say there were, were 10 successful points that worked in our favor due to that strategy. Five of them were because I never touched the ball. They either hit it into the net or hit it out because I was narrowing their options of where to go. And especially in that first game it was very effective. They did adjust, um, and kind of calm down, uh, on that approach, knowing that if they just dinked it over, then Jesse was actually gonna have to come up the alley and and hit a a, a, you know, like a dink or a reset from after hitting the drop, which was actually a good strategy. I think Jesse, they were getting you on the move. Um, so they kind of ignored me and just played it soft to, to the angles, to the sides. Um, but yeah, we ended up going much, much softer than I was anticipating because both of them are excellent uh, speed players, like 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 their hands, their drives, like you said, Lisa's got this like drop drive that was very difficult, very similar to what Jeff has. Um, like, I'm so envious of that shot. It's very difficult. It's coming at pace, like right at your ankles with the trajectory. So, it's like, how do you reset that with a volley? And if you step back, you've got to step back like a full five feet to really get good on the bounce. So, the drip, we played... right? Is what they call
2: it. Is what that's called? The drip. The drip, yeah,
0: we we call it the the, the drive drop is called the drip around here with the pickle bros. Um, So we played we played that slower, um, and then we allowed our counterattacks. And like Jesse said, Ellen was great in the firefight. Um, Lisa was moving around with she's got a great forehand dink roll. So it was it was Mm -hmm. it was competitive. I mean, we outscored them thirty three to ten in three games, but each rally felt more competitive and difficult and challenging then I think that that score um, c- kind of w- would indicate. So they held their own um, completely. But all of this was in effort to see we were of equal Duper skill levels. Um, we had youth on our side because of me, but more or less, you know, the ages were, were not crazy lopsided. And we just wanted to kind of see how accurate Duper was here. Um, and so we threw this this matchup on YouTube, and uh, one of our listeners, Gene, sent us in um, an excellent email response. And I'm going to read some some notes from him, uh, what he said here. And Tim, I don't think you've heard this, so I would love to get your live responses on what Gene from the East Coast—I say the East Coast because he travels up and down playing pickleball everywhere—but um, he says. It is anecdotal evidence, but I have noticed that duper is not equal across gender, geography, and age. Every single person, and there have been a lot of them, that I have discussed this with has agreed with me. I'd estimate a four or five guy is 0.3 or 0.4 t- uh, duper points better than a four or five woman of the same age and geographical area. A four or 525 25 year old is half a duper point better than a four or five, uh, four or five 60 year old from the same area. A four or five guy from Florida is two tenths better than the same age guy from Philly, who's another point two tenths better than the same guy from Western Massachusetts. So Massachusetts and Philly, Florida's coming for you. Um, but it was really interesting. This, and, and and a little bit of quantifier at the end. He adds he's 64 and he'd be the first guy to say that a young stud of the exact same duper and area as him would uh, would generally crush him. So, uh, Tim, what are your thoughts kind of to what Gene on the East Coast, very different ecosystem than us, uh, equally as into Duper as us, thinks about this?
2: Really interesting conversation, and I've kind of evolved on it a little bit. It's interesting to hear somebody talk about it from a different ecosystem, because I think most of my opinions are framed on my own experience, uh, having played in the Augusta area and then moving here to the Springs Um, Lisa and Ellen are both fantastic players. Um, and you said their dupers are around the uh, mid fours. Between four,
0: four and four, five, five, both of
3: them at the moment.
2: Right. So we've, we have some players over in Augusta, some, uh, women players over in Augusta that are around the same range duper wise. Um, they're a little bit more established. They have the exact same rating as Lisa and Ellen around that same area, but, uh, they're better. Um, they played a lot of tennis, so they had uh, some of those advantages like high level tennis. So you can see that in their games. Um, I would say that, um, there are pockets where, um, those duper ratings for females are accurate. Um, it's just because it all depends a hundred percent depends on what ecosystem you're playing in because duper can't really tell the difference and it's kind of hard to explain and just uh, uh, let me know if you guys are following. Duper can't tell a difference between a mixed doubles match in one area as opposed to another area. If, if, if a mixed doubles team wins in the Springs, they don't know how to attribute that. They don't know how to, they don't know who, who attribute that to, whether it's the man or the woman. Um, And of course they can't, it's impossible to know. Um, but in some areas, the woman is more responsible for those wins than the man or equally as responsible. Um, and that was more the case, I would say in Augusta, you had really, really high level women playing. Um, but they're playing like at the four or five level, the man's a four or five and the woman's a four or five. Those two are actually, those two players would be way more equal than here, I would say. Um, just because of how competitive it is out there and the higher level that the women play out there. And I think there are other ecosystems that are similar to that. Um, But uh, what Gene was saying, I'm sure his experience, I would assume his experience is more similar to how it is here, where there aren't as, as many established women players. But those women players in Gene's area and here, they still have a high duper because of, they play in strong teams because their male partners are very strong players, and so they still win those matches, and their ratings are affected. Um, in accordance with those wins, uh, those ratings go up, um, but it, it's not indicative of of how strong those players all uh, those players are in all instances. I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain, I guess, following that.
0: I have I tracked it fairly well. Okay. Um, it, 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 really comes down to the ecosystem, which it really does it, in some senses, duper gets a complete pass. They can't connect everyone. Um, but it is hard to, to, to narrow down, which is, you know, is a, is a Massachusetts or a Colorado, um, four or five, which one, which one is stronger, you know? Um, so, so Jesse, I'm I'm curious, having heard Gene's comments, and also, um, yeah, what, what what's your response
3: to, to Gene's comments here? Yeah, I, I I think that's that's probably right. What he's saying.
0: Uh, what do you think about now? You know, we're, we're we're approaching the thin ice, even though I don't think it should be thin ice. What are your thoughts on on the physical differences? between players, whether it comes to age or gender, um, in, in terms of, of the duper rating. So like, do men have any inherent physical advantages over women that, that play into to the duper ranking?
3: Uh, there's some, um, you know, uh, I lobbed a couple times over the ladies and when I lob over men, it tends to be more difficult because men are usually t- not always, but usually taller, maybe able to jump higher, maybe have a stronger overhead. So there are physical differences, but that said, I don't. I think you, you two probably disagree with me on this, but I don't think that pickleball is really primarily a power game. I think it's it's much more about placement and finesse. And so you can have a professional player like Elise Jones, who looks like she weighs about ninety five pounds, and who would destroy any of us. Um, so I, I I think that the 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 strength and power and height advantage of men it is a factor, but I don't think that that um, in every case that that leads to some kind of you know um, uh, unbeatable advantage.
0: Yeah. Well, well, enter enter the controversy. Here comes the debate. Um, and and my quantifier is there are women out there, and I've played against them who absolutely throttle me. All right, Like, I mean. You put me on the court with Elise Jones or Annalee Waters and they they're going to make me look like I'm in slow motion. Right. So. So there are always exceptions to every rule, but I am going to speak in generalizations um, and and kind of hone in on. the. You said you're not as worried about athleticism or its impact in pickleball. And I I fundamentally disagree. Um, I think fast twitch muscles matter a lot. Um, Men tend to have more fast twitch muscle fibers um men tr- tend on average to be able to track objects through spatial um th- through space uh better than women. Um we're denser. We've got, you know, more bone structures when that ball comes at you, you're more stable. Um but also when it comes to athleticism, this can just be the youth attribution. And Jesse, I saw this in our battle of the sexes match. Uh the ladies ended up in later in the second game and I think in that third game um really funneling the ball over to you when it came to the dink battle and they they really zoned me out and I was playing left side so my forehand was there and they were pulling you closer and closer to that line and then if they kept me honest I had to move back over and then they'd come back to you and I just noticed your your ability to 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 reset your positioning in your feet was it was compromising at times. Now we still won 33 to 10 in the overall thing, but I was noticing that like, I, and I had to my thought, if that was me getting those balls or if that was Tim getting those balls, we wouldn't even look off balance, right? Because our lateral movement, our, our ability to lunge is, and, and that's youth, but I do think that matters. So when you say pick a ball is, is kind of more, and I'm maybe putting words in your mouth, a skill game, a paddle <laughs> skill game, how good you are with placement. I think that that, if you're better with placement you can really make people look bad by just placing it behind them or moving their feet one way and then going the exact other way and they can't reset so I think athleticism is is the inequalizer. everyone can learn the paddle skill but you know as you age out or whether you're a man or woman or injuries it doesn't matter your ability to move on the court is so significant and I think that Duper sometimes, you know, or a lot of people just think, Oh, he can hit his return of serve with this slice, or he can hit this kind of a drop and Duper doesn't factor in as much the athleticism and the age as I think it should. I think it, and, and as Gene mentioned a 60 year old four or five is half a point Duper in, in realistic application to the game on the court. He's a half a, a Duper point behind his youthful counterpart. Um, like, like what do you guys think about that
2: um I think the age uh, point is certainly uh accurate um and gene can speak to that he's he's what 65
0: four 64 yep
2: 64 yep um I think that's a that's a for sure uh, that's a separator right there for sure um but I'm gonna be a little bit of a hypocrite I guess I don't think it's 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 quite I'm not ready to go as far as you did Ian um, with how much of a separator it is between men and women. I mean, it is a separator. It absolutely makes sense to have it. You want power. It, it's not a negative thing to have power. You want to be able to finish points and be scary out there. That's, that's how uh, that was your guys's approach in your uh, match with uh, Lisa and Ellen is you were up there, you're being scary. And that, that made a difference, right? But um, the best women players that I have played against, they have not tried to play a a power game. Now, some had some, some pretty good pop, but they were really effective because of the X's and O's of it, because of the soft game. They embraced the soft game. They embraced the dropping. They embraced the dinking. And you couldn't attack them because they were so good at it. And man or woman, if you take that approach, you're going to go farther, even if you have some power even if you can finish the point, that's great. That's only a, that's only a positive, but if you embrace that soft game and you excel at that soft game, you don't have to be a super athlete to excel at that game. Now you might take up less of the court, um, as opposed to the power guy, the alpha guy, alpha woman, whatever that, uh, it is, but the best female players are, they, they have the exact same attributes as the best male players. And that is they're awesome at the soft game. Um, uh, the best uh, one of the best female players out here actually just won yesterday the spring um, iteration of my duper league <laughs> it finally got wrapped up and they crushed because she is a different kind of player than all the other women in that bracket because she embraces the short game and she's like a four nine four which I would say okay that's not universal. I wouldn't say that's accurate. If she were a man, I don't think she'd be a four, nine, but she'd be a four five, like a legit four five. Um, and it's because of those attributes and that discipline for the short game. That's what I think everyone should focus on men and women.
0: Awesome. Jesse, any closing thoughts before I offer up our suggestions to Duper?
3: No, go ahead with your, I want to hear the suggestions. Okay. So,
0: so I kind of have realistic suggestion. And then dream suggestion. And, you know, when it comes to coding and algorithms, I don't understand this stuff. I'm. I, it's just not my world. I have I, ones and zeros. I, I can barely hit control, alt, delete when my computer freezes up, right? Like, so I don't really know how complicated this would be. But based on the conversation, based on my experience, based on what guys like Gene say, based on our conversations with our local listeners here in town, I think it is so paramount. That duper creates a women's doubles, al- women's gender doubles algorithm, a men's gender doubled algorithm, and then the mixed algorithm. Currently, all of them feed and funnel into the same duper score, which I think is is practically ridiculous. Um, one of one of Gene's quotes in the email he said was, "Men carry women in mixed enough to distort duper, and there's a smaller pool of better women than better men." So when women play female gender doubles, it isn't an apples to apples comparison to male gender doubles. And I think that at the heart of what he's getting at is women's doubles and men's doubles are played differently than mixed. Like like women's is played a certain way, men's is played a certain way, and mixed is played a certain way. And you can't lump them all in together um, in the same algorithm. I think it's it, it doesn't make any sense to me. And this is not necessarily even equalizing for age or geography. It's just saying, hey, women, I want to see women measured against other women. I want to see men measured against other men. Oh, and by the way, we have this other category at tournaments called mixed, where we have a man and a woman play another man and a woman. right? And so when Jesse and I played Lisa and Ellen, we were having most of our games are men's. We were having our men's games, our dupers, leveled up or in, and poised against their women's games. And, and they play far more mixed than we do. But that's just not one-to-one. Yeah, go ahead, Tim.
2: Oh, just I want to chime in on this mixed aspect, um, in particular about Duper. So how many of you guys have seen um, a movie from 1985 with Michael J. Fox, where he goes back in time and tries to get his parents together, Back to the Future, right? Okay, good. Are you serious, Ian? I haven't seen it. Sorry. (laughs) That was supposed to be a – okay. Okay. Anyway, so I don't know if you got, well, Ian, I guess you don't know this, but Jesse. Um, so they actually had a casting crisis in the middle of that movie. It wasn't always Michael J. Fox. It was it was Eric Stoltz, not Stolp, Stoltz. And um, he was playing Michael J. Fox initially. And as the movie was going on, it became clear that it just wasn't funny. It had the wrong vibe. It had the wrong uh, feel to it. It um, wasn't very entertaining. It had a whole different tone. With Eric Stoltz and so they decided halfway through to recast that and for recasting they looked at at a popular show that was on at the time called family ties and and family ties was a hit um it was great now if if duper were in charge of that recasting they would have looked at family ties and said let's go with the little sister Let's go with Jennifer, because that show is doing super well. I'm sure she's every bit as part of of the success as Michael J. Fox is. Let's go with her. Tina Yothers. Um, Because Duper can't distinguish who to give credit to with these wins and mixed doubles. I mean, of course they can't, right? Of course they can't. There's no way to know. But that's exactly what you're talking about, is because if you have three... um, separate duper ratings for mixed men's and women's you can start to parse that out a little bit more accurately it 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 just makes sense it it just makes sense a, but I think, oh, luckily so they I, went with luckily they went with michael j fox and it was a game changer and Ian, well, you've got to
3: that movie justine bateman i would have i think i would have enjoyed watching <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, <I>
3: mean,
0: <laughs> yeah yeah
2: well, you're right
3: you, you
0: guys are old but I guess I have some, <laughs> home- I guess I have some homework to go do. But but I actually I do know what the movie is, and I do know who these actors are. And I think your point is really well made, Tim. It's like one of the ways I think about it is: let's just say a, a four-five ranking means you are better than X amount of that populate your gendered population below you, right? You should you should be better than seven out of ten. If whether you're a man or a woman, I think that should indicate you're better than seven out of ten. But I mean, controversy abounds. I think most men are going to beat most women. And so those seven out, of, seven out of 10 women, those four fives are going to be further down the track of men. Like they're going to be competing with the four-o men, right? And so I want to see women measured against their own gendered ecosystem. And Ellen and Lisa are better against their peers than I am against my peers. I actually looked at our rankings here in town as of when I did it Forty-eight hours ago, Ellen was number eight and Lisa was number thirteen. I'm all the way down at number thirty-nine. Right, so so I'm not even cracking the top twenty of of guys in our area. Um, Tim, I think what were you? You were you were top twenty. Um, um. Sorry, that's I can't remember. Jesse was coincidentally number thirty-eight. So Jesse and I are thirty-eight and thirty-nine, and we outscored the number eight and number thirteen women. 33 to 10. Now, I understand that's not going to be completely level against the entire country and all ecosystems, but Ellen and Lisa are better against their peers than I am. And I want their duper to reflect that. I want to go on their page and go, dang, Ellen and Lisa are four eights, five somethings, right? Because I know they're being measured against women. And then when it goes to the mixed ranking, it's like, oh, but when it gets mixed in with a man, they tend to perform this way. Both of them would have better mix ratings than me. I'm not very good at mix. My wife and I are not successful. I'm a 3-0 mix player, but I'm a 4-5-plus men's player because I'm measuring against my ecosystem. So I just think having all three of these, why do we have women's doubles, men's doubles, and mixed doubles in tournaments, and yet we blend them all into the same Duper algorithm? That doesn't make any sense to me. So Duper, if you're listening, I know that many of, of the people you know at Duper do listen to our show why are you giving us duper genie which is cool by the way it's cool to put in the theoretical match and know how my duper's gonna be impacted by this win and this loss and all this stuff but we don't need that what we because all that's gonna do is just say oh well if i lose to him and i probably can't beat him my duper's gonna drop so i just won't play the match anyway right that's just gonna make things worse don't give us duper genie sparse out the algorithm right to where we each have um have our own ranking men's women's and mixed jesse do you have any thoughts on this
3: i do um so of course utpr and wpr these are the competitors to duper and they do segregate out mixed and gender doubles and the the difference in my own rating for for men's doubles okay in wpr my men's doubles rating is i think something like four four six and my mixed is three eight something it's a huge difference, mm-hmm. which Duper ignores. Now, a lot of, some people will say, well, who cares? What does it matter? It's just a number. Well, it's not because when, when I signed up for Duper, sorry, when I signed up for PPA Denver, which is allied with Duper, which uses Duper and reports to Duper, uh, I was like below four or five, And so my wife and I signed up for four O mixed doubles, which is where we belong. And... Um, uh, then I, I I won some matches and my duper went above four five. It was four five one, and I got an email from PPA and they said, "Hey, we're going to move you to four five mixed doubles." Which is ridiculous. Actually, it was a, it was at first I was going to do it. I was like, "Whatever, fine." Then they said, "Well, that bracket is actually too small. We're going to combine four five and five 0 <laughs> They wanted me and my wife to play five o. Well, fortunately, uh, fortunately, I lost a match and my duper went back down to four four nine. So I wrote them back and I said, hey, you let us back into 4 And they said, OK, so we played four zero, and we went two and two. We were in the middle of the pack. That's absolutely where we belong. We would have been annihilated. It would have been a joke and and it would have been bad for us and bad for our opponents, too, because it's not fun to beat somebody 11-1, 11-1. That's so good, Jesse. it's exactly right and in fact I'll make it even more personal than that. you and I played
0: in a mixed tournament and we ended up facing off against each other you and Michelle versus me and my wife and you trounced us 11 to two right like and we ended up being the four we didn't we didn't belong there we we belonged in a lower division but there wasn't a low enough division for us. and so what's that showing is yeah I can compete in four or five plus with men but I'm playing mixed with my wife. it's a whole different ball game and same with you you're like we should i don't want to be in 45 like like your your, your is a 3.8 you have a good argument to stay in three five. but I, I appreciate what you you both have decided to do and that is let's challenge ourselves let's bump up a little bit and go to 40 oh. and then they're trying to suck you into 45 five, oh. and you're just like hold on hold on and this is because duper doesn't recognize the difference between what happens when you're competing next to me and tim and stolp And when you're competing next to your wife, the games are played differently. The strategies are played differently. Targeting is laid out differently, right? Just the entire strategy, pace, kinetic energy of the games are different. And I think it's so important to parse these out. So it took 20 minutes for me to get to my second dream point, right? Like, so this was the more practical suggestion. I don't understand why Duper can't create a men's, a women's, and a mixed ranking. Then, but my dream scenario is... Add in those three rankings, just as before, but then you need to have a 19 plus ranking, a 30 plus ranking, and a 50 and a 60 plus ranking. So I would not qualify for the 50 and up ranking, but Jesse would, because you've passed 50. So you would say, how good is your duper against other 50-year-olds? How good is your duper for me against 30-year-olds and then 19-year-olds, but also have that system inside of the mixed, the men's, and the women's because as i'll say again as gene pointed out age is probably the biggest deciding factor in in the differences between duper's i don't even think it's necessarily men and women i think it's age right so if you're 20 years younger than than someone that's going to matter significantly now there are anomalies like mike lee who just has decided to not age he's made some bet with father time to like cut him a break jeff ma the same way like just they, they get these breaks cut where they're they they look just totally fine, um, but I think that you also need to factor in age as well. Because Jesse, you are and you've 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 pushed back on me, funnily enough, when I call you a five zero in fifty plus. You're like, well, I don't think I am quite yet, and I'm just yeah, like, just false get out, Yeah, get out of here, get out of here. But you are better against your age peers than you are against the younger cohort. That's just. Facts And anyone who's heard any of this and doesn't like it, we're not being hateful or anything. It's just, we're we're trying to speak the truth here. These things matter, gender matters, age matters, and your geography matters. And Duper does not seem to either know or care enough to be able to isolate these things and really offer us better alternatives um, to than what we currently have. I suppose there's a third option, which is it can't be done but I refuse to accept that. I just, I as often as they have been changing the duper algorithm, um, you know, first we're going to count uh, uh, scoring plus wins, and then we're going to give more credit to the higher ranked or dupe player, which has inflated even more dupers, right? It's like I'm playing with Louis, who's a 5.18 right now in our league match. I'm a four, I'm a 4.54. Four. If we win any impressive matches based on their old algorithm, he's going to get all the credit. He's going to go to five six. Cause he's playing with this pittance guy who's 0.7 duper points below him. He's better than me, but it is not 0.7. Right? So like as often as they've changed things as updates and adding in duper genie duper, listen to me carefully. You're not giving us what we want or what we need. You're in a position to just absolutely dominate pickleball in the rankings, get everyone involved, but your product has to improve. You have to do the right things and you're not doing it right now, and you are about to fail miserably uh, because you're going to have a competitor who's going to come up next to you and they're going to – if UTPR, WPR, and, and and whatever the other one is, if they can actually produce an app that's good and actually have their stuff integrate with Pickleball Brackets and uh, what's the other one, Pickleball Attorneys or wh- whatever these terrible websites are, If as soon as someone – cracks the efficiency code and actually delivers what all players want, it's game over. So duper has got a head start, but they just seem to be squandering every opportunity that they've been uh, pushing or presenting themselves with. So I'm going to get off my rant. Sorry, I didn't mean to to go that intense there, but I feel so strongly about this.
3: Well, I think that was well said. And I think it's just worth pointing out the context that Pickleball Brackets owns these data. They're not sharing it with Duper apparently. Um, at least that's what I'm hearing and pickleball brackets is owned by Tom Dundon, who is a billionaire. He owns PPA. This is a guy who has the resources. If he wants to, to create a competitor to Duper, he's got the data. He's got the resources. So, um, I'm rooting for Duper, but yeah, they need to, they need to, um, listen to what people are saying and improve their product.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I'm going to say it again. I said at the top of the show. The pickle bros really like Duper. I think about it as much as we talk about it. We like the system. We like what they're doing. They're just, in my opinion, doing a really bad job. And if we're this crazy about it with them doing a bad job, imagine how much more crazy and beneficial it will be if they actually pull this off. We're on Duper's side. They've been kind to us. They've actually sent a representative <laughs> to, to, to a play around session with the three of us and him. Um, and we talk Duper. We actually know some things that we can't reveal about what they're, they intend for the future. Right. Like, and, and I'm, we're going to be respectful. We're not going to reveal any of this, but I know we know what they want from the future and it's not what they should be doing. Right. Um, so duper, we hope you hear this. We actually really like you guys. Just clean it up. Give us, give us what the players need. Um, any, any final thoughts guys, before we close out here? No, you said it. That's perfect. Awesome. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you for joining us for this episode uh, of the Pickle Rose podcast. Please, please, please keep Stolp and his brother uh, in your prayers. It has been working so far. They both have been making absolutely miraculous uh, recoveries, um, and we appreciate it. And we just want to say, please go to DonateLife.net to either sign up as an organ donor or uh, contribute some funds to help the cause. More than 100,000 people uh, are waiting for, for life-saving transplants, um, and you could very well be the one um, who, could, who could change their lives. So please go look at DonateLife.net. Uh, we love you all. Stay safe and stay out of the kitchen.